0: Ladies and gentlemen, your New Jersey Devils are officially back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Welcome to New York. This This is is the Devil's Devil's State State of Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Now here's here's your host, host, Neil Neil Villapiano. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant. Your number one source, Neil Villa Piano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast, right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your playoff bound new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I'm just so grateful as always that you guys take time to listen to these episodes and show your love and support. It truly means the world to me, this podcast episode and everything we do here at the hockey podcast network are sponsored as always by our awesome friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, sports fans you are in for a treat these next week, two weeks here. We got the not only the men's, but the women's final four in college basketball. Major League Baseball is kicking off its season this week. And in just about two and a half weeks, we will have the start of the Stanley Cup as well as NBA playoffs. So, with all of those exciting events going on, you already know the DraftKings is your number one place to get in on the huge cash prizes and bet on the sports and teams that you love. So if you want to get in on the action, I have a deal for you. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. You sign up with our promo code THPN. And lastly, tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And as always, a big thank you and shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook for for being the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devils State of Mind podcast. Yes, Devils fans, it has been a long time coming, a super long time coming, but the New Jersey Devils are officially back in the Stanley Cup playoffs, as I mentioned before. It is just such a elation. That's kind of the word that I would use to describe the feeling, just a feeling of elation that we are back and that knowing that at season's end, regular season's end, we will have more Devils hockey. We will have a chance to be one of the 16 teams to compete for Lord Stanley's Cup. And if I remember anything from that 17-18 five-game first-round series against Tampa is just how electrifying The Rock was in those two games that were played there. And I know that it's going to be just as, if not more, electric at The Rock when we get around to playoff time, regardless of... Of who we play, but it has been a long time coming, and I know I can speak for a lot of us in saying how excited we all are that we're going to get a chance. And for me personally, knowing that I've been this is my fourth uh, season covering the New Jersey Devils for the Devil State of Mind podcast, and I'll finally get a chance to talk Devils playoff hockey with all of you, and I'm so excited and within the coming weeks, as we get a lot closer to the playoffs, I'll kind of give you guys a rundown of how the episodes are going to go once we get to the playoffs. So I definitely hope that you are subscribed and you are set and ready to go as we are going to get closer and closer to having playoff editions of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And I know that obviously we've known for a while now that we were going to get in. I think now just Realizing it and having that realization and officially seeing that X next to our name qualifying for the playoffs is just a phenomenal thing. So, yeah, it's it's so exciting and, I, and I'm so much looking forward to these next couple of weeks and obviously into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, what we're gonna do on this episode here today? We're gonna recap the two games during the weekend: uh, the Devils in Buffalo against the Sabers on Friday, and then the famous well, now famous uh, Devils versus Senators game on Saturday with a lot of great stuff happening. I'm also going to uh, give you guys a bunch of different records that the Devils players as well as team have and could potentially break this year uh, for the rest of the season. And then I'm going to give you guys a lookout as to an outlook, excuse me, on what the Devils schedule will look like this upcoming week. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's drop the puck and get this episode going and rolling here with covering the Devils. real well, recapping the Devils game against the Buffalo Sabres on Friday night. So the Devils came into this game with a very plain and simple task. Win and you're in basically it this was the first opportunity the devils had to officially clinch a playoff spot just simply needed to win the game get the two points and you're moving on also the devils coming in two points shy of the century mark 100 points on the season so a lot of excitement a lot of build up to this game and you know you were definitely hoping the devils would come out with a sense of urgency and a sense of wanting to get this done and whether it was Lindy Ruff and the coaching staff, which Lindy mentioned in the post game that he kind of put this game on him, or the team in general just not being fully ready for the task at hand, right from the start, the Devils didn't really look that prepared. Just about seven minutes in, a defensive breakdown led to a Dylan Cousins goal, and then just a couple minutes later, Tyce Thompson gets a breakaway, and he buries it, and right away, just a little over seven minutes in, Devils are down two nothing, and again, defensive breakdowns, defensive breakdowns, defensive breakdowns. I'm going to say it on I'm blue in the face. That has been one of if not the biggest issue for the Devils of late. That needs to be corrected in one way, shape, or form. I don't know how they're going to fully uh, figure this out and, and solve this problem, but it is a massive problem that needs to be corrected now, so that once we get in the playoffs, that type of those type of goals that we've seen of late do not happen. As frequent now, Yegor Sharangovich, who since coming back into the lineup has actually played pretty well, he actually got the Devils back in this one. Made it, uh, made it two to one late. You know, about two minutes after Tyce Thompson had scored to make it two nothing, Sharagovich scores his thirteenth of the year, and obviously with about nine games to go, I think the chance of him reaching twenty is pretty. Uh, unrealistic. Maybe he could get to at least 15, which I think would be a good mark considering the pretty rough year that Sharon Govich has had. Nonetheless, Devils get a goal and it's two to one. So now you're, you know, the Devils started to get a little bit better. They started to find their game a little bit more, but unfortunately that, that deficit would not last long as uh, the Sabres just a little over a hundred seconds later would, regain the two goal lead, making it three to one. Akira Schmid was somewhat surprisingly pulled um, from this one. I, I don't know if it was more of a panic move or whatever. I didn't really agree with it a hundred percent. But again, when your goaltender has already given up three goals and you're not even out of the first period, I can understand why coaches maybe would want to do that to maybe try to get a shakeup, to try to get things rolling to try to, you know, be a wake-up call to the rest of the team. Regardless, did I think Schmidt, you know, did I did I think he played well? Not particularly. He definitely had somewhat of an off night, but it wasn't completely on him. I mean, he's not the one responsible for giving up defensive breakdowns and easy opportunities for, got, for forwards to be wide open. Um, but still, you would obviously like him to at least stop one of those two uh, goals and try to keep us in it. But nonetheless, he got pulled. Vtech came in. Now the Devils would once again cut the deficit to one. Is Kevin Ball with a big-time slap shot from the point, you know, beating the goaltender through traffic, and that cut the deficit to one. And that's where things stood: three to two, Buffalo after one. And it's great to see Kevin Ball get a goal because I think overall, when you look at how his game is played, certainly in the last five, six games, he has really, really played well. And it's been frustrating when he gets taken out of a game so that Brendan Smith can play and everything like that. And it's frustrating because I feel more confident with Kevin Ball back there than I do Brendan Smith. I mean, just considering, you know, Ball even talked about it himself, how just him getting into more games has been a big difference maker for him to gain his confidence and obviously be rewarded for said confidence. So, good to see Kevin Ball get a goal, second of the year for him. And that type of big time slap shot is what I'm hoping to see more long term from Kevin Ball. His big six foot eight frame, over 200 pounds, he needs to use that more. And considering he said that he was an offensive defenseman growing up. Uh, I certainly would like to see some of that offense uh, come out more. But good goal for Kevin Ball. And again, 3-2 to two Buffalo in a crazy first period after one. And things really just did not improve from that point as Alex Tuck uh, would get himself a couple of goals in the second period in a pretty dominant second period by Buffalo. And after two periods of play, it's 5-2. to two. So at that point, you're feeling pretty certain that the Devils we're not going to come back in this one. That uh they would have to wait another couple of days to clinch that playoff spot. But Jack Hughes, who had up until this game had scored two goals in his last 17, really, really ramped up his level of play and just trying to get himself off this schneid. And he scored a goal that was immediately uh, taken away due to offsides, but that did not stop number 86 from getting both goals, 38 and 39, one of them on the power play, I might add, and with just about 11 half minutes to go in the third, it's a one-goal game. So all of a sudden, the Devils are right back in this one. It's a one-goal deficit for the third time in this. Devils really started to push the pace, started to create some good chances, And you kind of felt like at some point the Devils were going to find a way to get that tying goal. And then Severson, as he's been doing a lot and certainly of late, took a really, really bad penalty late in this game that kind of killed any sort of momentum that the Devils had. The Devils just could not find a way to get that next goal. And they would lose this one by the final score of 5-4 to in regulation. And I think I'm not... As pissed off or angry as I'm more just disappointed. I certainly expected better from this team. Maybe just knowing, hearing all the outside ch- chatter that all the Devils had to do was win this game and they're in, or listening to the media, maybe it got to them a little bit in this one, but uh, definitely not the type of game you wanted to see. I know the Devils, for the most part, do struggle in Buffalo for whatever reason. Um but yeah certainly in this one you look at it they lose 5 to 4 you think well you know they didn't play all that poorly surely but if you look at the game as a whole buffalo deserved to win this game pretty much 100%. I mean they they dominated from start uh from the start and they really kind of dictated play we didn't look all particularly that well and at the end of the day it wasn't a great it wasn't it wasn't pretty obviously and it wasn't uh Wasn't a good loss either. I know no loss is really good, but it's not one of those. It it wasn't like the Minnesota game where we just ran into a hot goalie. We threw everything we possibly could, and we end up losing. Um, I mean, it it is you know that's where you got to tip your cap and say the goalie was just better. But in this one, the Devils had chances, but some defensive breakdowns and. And uh, penalties at the wrong time really killed uh, the Devils in this one, and so they dropped this one. They've lost back-to-back games again, not ideal. That makes it now losses in five of their last six games, and again, this is not the way we want to see this team playing going into the playoffs. So hopefully, as they move forward, they can continue uh, to improve, you know, and try to, you know, try to get back to playing a more really solid brand of Devils hockey. But yeah. Just a frustrating loss to a Sabres team fighting for their playoff lives. But now we shift over to the following night. Devils flying back to Newark as they hosted the Ottawa Senators in the second of a back-to-back. So once again, Devils coming in needing just two points of several kinds to potentially uh, potentially uh, to get in to the playoffs. Not only could they obviously just win, but some other teams can lose in regulation. One team in particular the Florida Panthers were taking on the New York Rangers, which that game started around five o'clock while the Devils game started at seven. So there was the possibility that if the Rangers were to beat the Florida Panthers in regulation, that as we get close to the end of the first period, the Devils could have already clinched a playoff spot, regardless of the final result against the Ottawa Senators. So obviously a lot of us were scoreboard watching as we got closer and closer to puck drop. Now, the other really cool thing is that, and we talked about it in a previous episode, the Devils had been practicing in their their Heritage white, red, and green jerseys, and we hadn't seen them on the ice until this game, as the Devils finally announced that they would be bringing back the Heritage jerseys. I think they might wear them one more time before season's end. Uh, But they got a chance to wear them. And the Devils, I think, are something like 0-7-1 going into this game since they brought these jerseys back. So they were still looking for their first win in these old jerseys. It was great to see them back on the ice. It looked awesome. And even on the scoreboard, they had the old um, Meadowlands Arena scoreboard, which I thought was great. Overall, it was just awesome that we finally got to see these back. Now, some other interesting news. Prior to the game around 5 o'clock, Lindy Ruff had said to the media that both Miles Wood and Mackenzie Blackwood would be available for this game, and that certainly got me thinking that not only was Mac back from injury, but that there was a good chance he might get the start in this one, and that's exactly what Lindy Ruff did. He started Mackenzie Blackwood in this one, VTech was the backup, and Akira Schmidt was up in the press box, so... I definitely was not a fan of starting him in a game like this, knowing the importance of it, but I know that Lindy Ruff is trying very hard to get Blackwood back in the net, get him some more games. So he gains some confidence. It kind of go from there. I know a lot of us, including myself are not really the biggest fans of Blackwood uh, being the backup to VTech going into the playoffs, especially with the, you know, with the emergence of Akira Schmidt this season, but you all know, and Akira Schmidt did, did end up getting sent down on Sunday. Um, you knew that when Blackwood got back, there was no way the Devils were going to send Blackwood down to Utica, knowing that he could, he has to go on waivers and that there's a good possibility that he might be picked up from a team. It's so what happened with Scott Wedgwood. When we put him on there, he got picked up by Arizona and eventually he found a home in Dallas. So it's something that the Devils don't want to have to deal with at this point in the season. Um, but you know, it, it, I don't agree with it. I'm not happy hundred percent that Blackwood's back, but hopefully in, in however many games he plays in the last nine, he can, uh, play a couple of good games, rack up some wins and obviously rack up some confidence. So we feel a little bit better about the tandem going into the, uh, the playoffs but uh, it didn't get off to the best start. It's just about three and a half minutes in. Brady Kachuk coming up the left side. He kind of takes a one, to, not a one time, but he takes a slap shot. Top shelf over the glove of Blackwood and in. And just three and a half minutes in, the Senators grab the one nothing lead. I think honestly, you know, from that far out, I think Blackwood could have maybe at least gotten a piece of it. Uh, but certainly to give up a goal that early on in the game for Blackwood uh, does, not, does not help his case at all on uh, that one. But the Devils would would settle down, they would fight back, and then the Devils got on the power play. Jack Hughes, good play in the defensive zone to get the puck back. He circles back, gets to center ice, and he's able to weave his way through defenders with his unreal speed, go through the legs of the goaltender and in, and Jack Hughes ties the game up at one with his 40th goal of the season. He finally got to the 40-goal mark. That is phenomenal. By Jack Hughes is our first 40-goal score in quite some time, and we'll give you more details about that uh, later on in this episode, but big-time goal, ties the game, second consecutive game in which we scored on the power play, so our power play is slowly starting to get better. I think since the moves that Lindy Ruth did, moving Brat down to that second line, I think it certainly made things a little bit better, and hopefully it can continue to move, uh, improve. And Jack Hughes, you know, skating three quarters of the leg to the ice to weave his way through defenders and score. That's the Jack Hughes that we know and love. His third goal in two games. So it could be fair to say that Jack Hughes is starting to get more of that puck luck, starting to get back to where he was playing. And this would be the appropriate time for him to get back to really playing at that high level that he's, uh, that he's been at. Now, we take you to towards the end of the first period. Everybody stared at the scoreboard, and as we approached the end of the period, we had found out that the New York Rangers had hold on had held on to beat the Florida Panthers in regulation, and that meant that the New Jersey Devils have officially qualified. For the postseason, so uh, we all got to celebrate even before the end of the first period that the Devils uh, were going to the playoffs, and I think that was just a phenomenal thing to have that celebration happen at the Rock in front of all the fans. I think it was awesome; it was absolutely awesome. And uh, as the Devils came off the ice, Tomas Tatar put up his uh, put up the X uh, to signify to signal that we had qualified for the playoffs. So yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Somewhat emotional for a lot of us who have seen this team over the last many, many years and getting frustrated and hoping that one day we would get back into the playoffs and mission accomplished. So it was great. And the funny thing was we still had two periods uh, to go against the senators and it was a tie game. So now is about, well, let's make this night even better and go out there and try to get a win. I do think also it's very, Uh, it's kind of ironic that the Rangers were the ones that kind of officially put us in the playoffs, um, considering there's a very good chance we play them in the first round. And, uh, I just want to say really quickly that I know a lot of Rangers fans were messaging Devils fans saying, Hey, you're welcome that we got you in the playoffs. Let me just tell you very quickly that we didn't need your help at all. We were going to beat the senators anyway. We're going to get in anyway. We didn't need your help. So none of us are going to thank you for putting us in because we were going to get in regardless whether we got help from you or not. And you guys, you guys are going to make the playoffs and we know how things are going to go, you know, all that stuff down the stretch and certainly later this week. But no, we don't need that childish. Oh, you're welcome. All that stuff. No, no. Settle down and worry about your own getting into the playoffs. Just wanted to say that. So yeah, for the first time since 2017-18, we are heading to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Only the third team so far to qualify for the playoffs. And again, like I said, one to one after one period of play. So now we shift back to the game, and within the first four minutes of the second period, the Devils, probably from the energy of the crowd and the the relief that they are officially now in the playoffs, and that first goal has been completed. The Devils came out, for, you know, came out. Firing. And it started with Jesper Brad stealing the puck in the offensive zone, getting a breakaway, going top shelf and scoring to get his 31st of the year. And then Dawson Mercer, on a beautiful feed from Nico Heischer, blasts a one timer top shelf, beating the goaltender for his 23rd of the year. And it's 3 1 Devils early on in the second period. Shout out to Timo Meyer with a big body presence standing in front of the net, screening the goaltender. One of the big reasons that we got Timo Meyer was great to see. And yeah, right away, Devils have the energy. And more importantly, they have a multiple goal lead. But the energy kind of wore off and the momentum wore off as the Senators slowly but surely were able to get themselves back in this one as they would get two goals later on in the period. Uh, Technically, they got three, but one of them was waved off for offsides. Severson actually, once again, what a shocker. Uh, took a penalty and two goals were scored in it, but only one of them counted. Nonetheless, uh, the Senators would tie the game up at three, and that's where things stood after two periods of play. So, you know, you're in a dogfight with the Senators team that's still, you know, trying to hang on to a very little, slim uh, potential that they could, you know, get into the playoffs. They're fighting for their playoff lives, basically. Um, but the Devils definitely found a way to settle down in the third period. It started with Dougie Hamilton getting a nice feed over to the right side. He takes his shot from a sharp angle as the goaltender losing his balance, uh, just couldn't get set. It went, it goes under the glove arm of the goaltender and in. And Dougie Hamilton, with his 19th goal of the year, gives the Devils the four to three lead, just three thirty four into the third period. Devils would continue to frustrate Ottawa. Blackwood would make some really, really good saves when he needed to, and with about 43 seconds to go, the man who put up the X to to tell us that we were in the playoffs would get rewarded with his 17th goal of the year as an empty netter to ice the game. And the Devils, after qualifying for the playoffs, make the night even more awesome as they beat the Senators at home by the final score of five to three. And that gives the Devils 100 points in a season for the first time since 2011. And that is really phenomenal that the Devils have a hundred point season. This is the first time I can consciously remember the Devils winning. Well, not consciously remember, but the first time in a long time that the Devils have reached a hundred points. And it's just Again, one of those unreal things. You think about what it would be like for your team to do that, and then it's even crazier when you actually see it, that not only are the Devils in the playoffs, but they have 100 points with nine games to go in the season. This is also the 14th time in franchise history that the Devils have eclipsed the century mark. Great overall night for the entire Devils fan base and organization to not only qualify, but get the win. Get Their 24th come from behind victory, which I believe now is a new franchise record because Devils did have to come back from down one against Ottawa earlier in this game, but another come from behind win. And to get to a hundred points, it was just a pretty much almost perfect night for all of us on that Saturday. That was great and good to see Blackwood coming back from injury. First game since uh, mid to early February didn't look Phenomenal, but he was good enough to get the win, stopping 25 of 28 shots that he faced. And so now we'll see if he can rack up a couple of more good performances and wins uh, for him to finish what has certainly been a pretty up and down year. But overall, guys, just you start to run out of words to describe this team and all the accomplishments that they've gotten to. But as Lindy Ruff put it, Talking to his team after the game, phase one is complete. We are back for the first time since 2017-18 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is such an amazing feeling. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. And the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boasts all tournament long. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. And there's so many different really awesome games that are happening this upcoming Sweet 16. You have some underdog picks, particularly teams like Princeton and FAU. And even, despite Tom Izzo being the head coach, even Michigan State is a team that people are unsure about but could be primed to get major upsets moving forward. So, with all that going on, I have an offer for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I wanted to share with you guys some stats slash records that the Devils team and also individuals have broken and could also still potentially break in these final nine games. So the Devils currently, at the time of this recording, 46 19 and 8, 100 points right there. Only three points out of first place from uh, Carolina, and they are four points right now ahead of the Rangers for second place in the Metro. Uh, Hamilton's goal, by the way. Wasn't only his career high, 19th of the season, but also set a new Devils franchise record for goals in a season by a Devils defenseman. Scott Stevens had the record in 93-94, but now Dougie Hamilton has scored more goals than any Devils defenseman in franchise history. Jack Hughes who scored his 40th goal in that game against Ottawa, became the first Devils player since Zach Parise back in 08-09 to score 40 or more goals. And Brian Gianta still has the record for most goals in the season by a Devils player with 48. And we'll see if uh, Jack Hughes can reach or even surpass that record here in these last nine games. Jack Hughes also joins Connor McDavid, David Postock, Miko Rentonen, Leon Dreisaitl, Braden Point, Tage Thompson, Alex Ovechkin, and Jason Robertson is the only players in the NHL to reach the 40 goal mark. So that is pretty phenomenal that he joins a somewhat exclusive club here this season in what has been a phenomenal and clearly career year for number 86. Now, There are a couple of records that the Devils can still break. And uh, I just wanted to share them with you quickly. So Jack Hughes, most points by a Devils player. We've talked about this one before. The record is still held by Patrick Elias with 96 in 2000, 2001. Jack Hughes currently has 86 points. So he needs uh, 11 more to break the record. So we'll see if he can get on a hot streak here in in this last stretch. Nico Heischer. Could potentially, could potentially get to the most game winning goals in a season in franchise history. Johnny McClain has the most with 11 back in 1989, 1990. And Nico currently has nine. So he needs just three more in nine games. That's going to be a little bit of a tough task for him. Uh, but we'll see how close he can get there. Now, here's a Devils team record that can be broken most. Road wins all time in NHL history. Currently, the record is 30 even. That was by the 05-06 Detroit Red Wings. The Devils currently have 26. They have five. Five road games left with the first one being against the Islanders on Monday. So we'll see how close the Devils can get. Now, I should also mention that one more road win and the Devils will have the six most road wins of all time. So that's pretty awesome. And they are two road wins away, which would bring them to third and tied with the 1998-99 Devils for the franchise record. So clearly some records team-wise still to be broken. Now, Dougie Hamilton, most points by a Devils defenseman. This one's going to be tough. The record is 78 points, courtesy of Scott Stevens, in that same 93-94 season. At the time of this recording, 68 points. So he would have to go on a pretty big tear to even just tie the record. So he probably will come up short. But for him to have the season he's having anyway with new career highs for him personally is phenomenal. And I wanted to share this one because I feel like a lot of people will just get annoyed that I'm even bringing it up. But it's with the infamous Damon Severson, who has a chance to break the Devil's franchise record for highest plus minus. According to Hockey Reference, in case you don't know, Expected Plus Minus considers the shot location and uses league-wide averages to determine the likelihood of that shot being a goal. Whether a goal is scored or not doesn't matter. It takes shot quality into account. The record is held by Yaramir Yager because it doesn't go back too far, the stat that they track. Uh, Yager had 23.6 in 2013-14. Damon Stevenson currently at 21.2. So it's a it's a relatively possible record to break, but I think it would be funny to see him break that. And I'd love to see the Devils fans' reaction to something like that. that I can't wait, considering it's Damon Stevenson. Um, And the last record, uh, well, it's basically two, and that involves the Devils as a whole, wins and points in a season in franchise history. The record for wins is 51 back in 2008-2009. Devils currently, at the time of this recording, forty-six with nine games to go. So they'd have to win seven of the of the final nine games for them to to break the record, and they need six more to tie the record, or excuse me, five. So they need six to break it, five to tie it. So it's possible, and uh, it would mean that the Devils really finished the season on a high note. So that would that would be uh, pretty impressive. And now the Devils' point record. It's 111 in a season in 2000-2001. The Devils currently with exactly 100 points at the time of this recording, nine games to go. So they need to, I mean, if they can get, you know, a couple of wins and obviously even if they lose, they get a point, Uh, they could certainly break that. I think they're more likely to break that than maybe the wins record, but I mean, it would be awesome if they can break both and make this the greatest regular season in Devils history. But Bottom line, guys, there are a ton of records that have been broken. It's still a handful that could be broken by season's end. And that is a really, really cool thing to kind of keep your focus on to an extent uh, through these last handful of games. And just quickly to wrap up this episode, and as always, thank you guys for hanging out with me and uh, checking out this episode. Greatly appreciate it. Just want to give you a rundown of what the Devils schedule looks like for this upcoming week. So Monday they're in Belmont taking on the New York Islanders. Islanders holding on to that second wild card spot, looking to try to get closer and closer to securing a spot in the playoffs. So that'll be a tough game. And then the big one at home on Thursday night against the New York Rangers in what could be a preview of a first round matchup. First time that the teams will meet since everything went down at the trade deadline and it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a game. It's gonna be a packed crowd. I'm gonna be going to that game, and there's the potential that I might do a Devil State of Mind meetup for that game. So make sure you guys uh, tune in to all the social medias at Devil State on Twitter and also on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. But that's a massive one. And then the Devils travel to the Windy City for a nationally televised game against the Chicago Blackhawks. So. Another opportunity to rack up some wins and certainly gain some more momentum. Going to be some tough games against the Islanders and Rangers. Chicago, despite the fact that they're tanking, you don't want to don't want to take them for granted. And it's going to be on the road, so an opportunity to you know get in, get themselves another road win. So we will see how this week goes. It's going to be another tough one, a playoff like week for this team. It's going to be a good opportunity to you know gain some experience and. Find ways to win these games, and uh, we'll see from there. But starting on Monday, the Devils will be known as a playoff-bound team for the first time in several years, and that is super exciting. Guys, we are back in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it feels so good.